Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I think that's a really good thing, asking a lot of open-ended questions. And you don't have to have answers to everything. You're just talking to each other. Get in a regular habit of asking questions to your partner and just getting to know them in a deeper way, even asking them what's frustrating you right now. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're always so glad you've joined us. That's right. We hope to have a lot of fun today with today's topic. It should be a good one. Uh, you and Dr. Norm have been married for, what, 60 years now? <laughs> and um... <laughs> Yes, Chris. Yeah. So it's not quite 60 years? Not ago. quite. Okay. <laughs> And today we're going to talk about being the best partner you can be. And too often we spend too much time on the problems in relationships. So today we are discussing what works and what makes you a great partner. And again, you guys have been married for so long, (laughs) you should have plenty of experience with this topic, Dr. Linda. Yeah, we do have a little bit of experience there, a few years (laughs) under our belt here. You know, it's a little bit like the old parenting adage that we always said about catch your children being good. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to catch our partners being good. We're going to look at the things that work in a marriage. It's not a secret. So Mm -hmm. we're not, you know, letting the cat out of the bag here, but we're all probably in need of a few reminders, at least once in a while, because we get real distracted with life and we tend to take people for granted. So we're going to talk about how you can be the best partner ever. Well, maybe this is the show where we we all do a little self-examination so we can notice what is working and maybe what isn't. Changes can be made. Right. So I'd like to ask couples, when I first meet them, I usually say, tell me a few of the first moments when you met, how and why you fell in love in the first place. And when I do this, Chris, it's usually so that they can talk about more difficult things later. But I want to remind them, like, what attracted you? Mm-hmm. Why did you first meet? What was going on? And then we can talk about, you know, how they have issues and what goes on. But I want to have a good reminder here, what originally happened and what those loving feelings were all about. Sharon was sitting there at the table reading the newspaper. That's it? When I first saw her, yes. (laughs) Across the crowded room? Across the crowded room. Uh, Is that Brigadoon? It's a some enchanted evening. You will find your true love. Reading the newspaper, in my case. (laughs) Well, what you're describing, where you asked couples to talk about how you met, what attracted you in the first place, is a positive approach, uh, rather than being hyper-focused on all the problems. That shifts the focus to what a couple does well together. Yeah, and we got to maintain, we've got to prevent problems, so we have to focus on what we're doing well. You know what? There are 2,000 articles that I found on relationship Mm. stability, but not all of them have been proven to work. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at them. A lot of people have a lot of opinions, but we're going to look at the things that we know have been proven. And a lot of this comes out of a very well-known marital researcher named John Gottman and his research on couples. So we're going to give you things that are proven to work. John Gottman again? Yes, the Gottman (laughs) approach. Here we go. That's right. Well, here's the first question. How well do you do your... No, we don't want to ask that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. How well do you and your partner? Okay. 
Well, here's the first question. How well do you and your partner know each other? That's right. That's a question that gets really at the basics, right? Mm-hmm. How well do you know what they think? How well do you know what their favorite colors are? How well do you know what really gets them excited, what things they're very interested in? After the first dates kind of go by, do you continue to work on getting to know that person that you're choosing and have eventually chosen? Do you know what Gottman calls this, Chris? Do you remember from any of our past shows? Uh, let me see. Uh, is it, it's, oh, wait, the love map. The love map. That's right. It's the love map. That's right. Well, it's so true. As time moves on, we forget to keep up with the ins and outs of our partner's life. And you might not keep asking those questions uh, to help you know someone more intimately. You know, it feels really good when you're known by somebody. And that's what this is about, somebody who knows you very intimately. And it's Mm -hmm. very important in relationship health to make sure that you are really staying connected to that person. And asking things about, like, what was your life like in fourth grade? Or which family members are your favorite family members and why? Mm -hmm. It's really a good way to continue to get to know your partner. Even after, I'm trying to remember what it is. Norm's in there producing with us right now. He said something on some to somebody the other day, and I thought, I have never heard that mm-hmm. in, all, in all those 60 years I've been married to him. He likes fried Oreos. I think that's what he no, said. No, he does not he does like not. fried Oreos. I know that about him. That is not something he likes. Well, the thing is, when kids are in the picture, this can really get lost because you're so focused on them and not each other. Which is why it has to be intentional. Now, you know, Norm and I have raised our kids, so it's a lot easier when Mm -hmm. you don't have them taking time away from the couple relationship. But each night after dinner, we sit down in our family room and we sit and talk for about 30 minutes before we go on with the evening. And I think that's a really good thing, asking a lot of open-ended questions. And you don't have to have answers to everything. You're just Mm -hmm. talking to each other. So the first tip, tip number one is get in a regular habit of asking questions to your partner and just getting to know them in a deeper way. Even asking them what's been frustrating might be better to say what's gone well in your day, but Mm -hmm. what's frustrating you right now. And it's not the answer that's so important. It's that you're staying in tune with your partner, which means you don't have to listen to the answer. Just ask. (laughs) (laughs) Listening is a big part of it. Oh, that's right. (laughs) And that gets to that whole thing is we all want to be known by another person. And so to be the best partner, just don't stop getting to know them. Keep asking questions so that you don't grow apart. That's a good point. So ask open-ended questions to help build the love map. So what is tip number two? Well, let me ask you this. How liked and appreciated do you feel by your partner? Well, let me put it this way. Do you ever hear couples say they love each other, but they are not sure they like each other? Yes, uh, and that can be an issue. (laughs) (laughs) And that's one reason we're talking about this, because I don't think that couples on a regular basis typically Mm -hmm. express a lot of fondness and admiration for each other. And this is another way that you can actually be the best partner. This is our second tip, is to express fondness and admiration for your partner. You're saying that it's not just kids who like to be thanked for emptying the dishwasher or doing the laundry or taking out the garbage. Big kids, like you and me, we like this type of expression as well. Yeah, I mean, in a partnership, we're working hard. We're doing things to help each other. And the key is to notice it and to tell your partner how much you appreciate the things that they're doing. I know people who think that this is so unnecessary. They think you should not be praised for doing things that you're just supposed to do anyway. Yeah, and this is something I hear from parents with their kids as well. But that's Mm -hmm. really an old idea. And the idea that somehow you should just do things with no thanks 
really doesn't get at the idea of helping a person feel appreciated. Your partner wants to know that they're doing things that you notice, that you appreciate. Everyone likes to hear a compliment. I don't know anybody who doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't even grow up with that kind of expression. And when their partner does it, sometimes it feels really uncomfortable. But honestly, Chris, people like it, even if they're not used to hearing it. I can tell you I've never heard a complaint in therapy about being complimented. You know, just this past week, Sharon sent a text to me because I'd said, hey, I'm going to be a little late coming home. Her response was, thanks for working so hard. Did that make you feel good? Well, of course it did. Yes. Yeah. It was very nice. You could, so you could just say something like that. You could even just tell a person every once in a while, oh, you, you have such a great humor. You make me laugh. Uh, the idea, though, is to be generous with your gratitude. It boosts the positivity of a relationship. You know, we did a show on the power of gratitude, and I remember you said that it changes your brain and and shifts your focus away from toxic emotions. Well, let me shift us away from this discussion just to take a short break. More on how to be the best partner after the break on the Dr. Linda Mitchell Show. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today we are talking about being the best partner you can be. Before we continue this important conversation, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And that's where you can find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. Her latest book, Living Beyond Pain, is so helpful to anyone struggling with chronic pain. And remember, listen to today's show anytime on iTunes and share it with a friend. Dr. Linda, isn't it great that you can just take the show anywhere you'd like? That's right. It goes with you. Podcasts are a wonderful invention that people mm -hmm. can listen to us anytime. You don't have to be stuck to a radio. We remember those days when we had to wait for the radio show to yeah. come on. Now you can just listen anytime. What an right. ancient idea. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's an interesting question that I heard you ask once. What is your relationship like on Tuesday? So what are you getting at when you say that? <laughs> this this really has to do with how you treat each other on a daily basis. So, mm -hmm. you know, we usually think of couple problems, and this is certainly what I hear when people come into therapy, the really big ticket items like infidelity and gender problems and conflict problems, you know, the things that are big and looming. 
But it's really the way couples treat each other every single day that matters. And it's the little things that couples notice about each other that really trip them up. So don't underestimate that. So it's the how you connect with the person throughout the day. Yes, and reminding the person how much of a priority they are in your life by doing what you mentioned Sharon did, sending you a text, Mm -hmm. an emoji during the day, (laughs) maybe showing some affection, making their coffee for them. Yes. Small thing. Yes. 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 Chris is, I'm always up before Norm, so he never makes my coffee for me, but, and he's not even awake when I leave for work, but um, any kind of small thing that you do, you know, it's basically saying to your partner, I choose you, I'm turning to you to be close to you. So it's these small gestures that say, I want you to be close to me. That's right. Relationships are made up of everyday small interactions, and we have so many times and opportunities to invite our partner into the intimacy of our own lives. And when they reach out to us and we accept their invitation, that's one of Gottman's ideas, that they're giving a lot of bids for attention, Mm -hmm. and we're actually going to respond to that. I don't know if we really pay attention to these small interactions, especially those of us who have kids. They do take priority. So the small little interactions sort of, uh, they get buried. Yeah. And so you miss those bids of attention Mm -hmm. that Gottman is saying that most couples do. They're inviting you to be a part of whatever's going on in the household or whatever's going on in your lives. You basically want the attention of the person in your life and know that they are your choice. So it makes a lot of sense because if you felt invited to their intimate life, you would respond with an appreciation and you would bring more intimacy to the relationship yourself. Sort of like I said a minute ago, does this get lost in a marriage? One Gottman trained therapist estimated that happy couples tune in about 86% of the time. That's a pretty good percentage. Mm -hmm. And he said, while miserably married couples do it about one third of the time. So big difference. This makes a difference in how happy you feel in a relationship. I know situations are different, but how do we do more of this? So listen to the times your partner wants your affection. Respond when they do. Be interested Say something really simple like, I noticed you spent a lot of time reading yesterday. What are you Mm -hmm. reading about? Come on, guys. This isn't easy for a lot of men. (laughs) To notice that your wife is reading a book and ask her what you're reading about and why it interests her. When she reaches out for these bids for attention, you have to pay attention because us guys sometimes just (laughs) don't see it. Yeah, so noticing it. Notice Mm -hmm. it. And then say, I want to hear about it. I want to know what was interesting, why that interested you. Mm -hmm. Uh, At times, you know, you do ignore it, like you're saying. You don't notice it. Then you just apologize. And then when the next opportunity comes up, make sure that you respond to that. And the person will see you as kind. The partner will see you as more of an agreeable person because mm-hmm. you're asking about their life. This is a good thing. So tip three is to reach out and connect and let your partner know that you notice them uh, you know, every day. Sounds so, like a telephone commercial, doesn't it? Reach, <laughs> reach out, out and touch, and touch someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is tip number four? Focus on what's positive in your relationship. I don't think we do that. We focus on the problems, obviously. But give your partner the benefit of the doubt when something goes wrong. And here's how this is connected. If you feel negative about your relationship and you're always focusing on the problems, then you're going to start attributing really bad motives to that person. Yep. And that's a problem. When you don't give them the benefit of the, of the doubt to begin with, that's, that is a, a problem. Yeah. But one person can act like a complete jerk and make the relationship really difficult. Well, part of loving uh, loving a person in a relationship is realizing that they have faults too, but if you start to set them up as the adversary, you're gonna set mm-hmm. up a possible divorce. Right. Because again, when the negativity overrides the positivity, 
there's a problem. And happy couples embrace the positive, and then they normalize the negative. In other words, what I mean by that, Chris, is that they keep more of a focus on the positives and give their partner a break when something negative happens. This doesn't mean you don't address problems. Mm -hmm. It means that you don't let those problems take an overall negative tide in the relationship. So, for instance, if Norm does something that I really don't like, if I have a positive relationship with him, I'll say something like, well, I'm sure he was having a bad day Mm -hmm. or he's just something happened. And I kind of give him a break. Right. But if you have gotten to the point where you feel negative about the relationship, then what do you do to correct it? You have to take a step back and reset when you notice you're feeling annoyed. Here's an example. You're driving home from work and your brain starts to anticipate that the house is going to look like a war zone when you walk in, that your wife will be irritable and the kids will be unhappy. Mm -hmm. So instead of that conversation in your head, kind of hit the pause button before you open the door, focus on greeting your wife in the moment. Focus on the moment, not all the potential problems. So it's really a reset of your mind. Mm -hmm. Well, does it help to make yourself think of the positives? Even, here we go, before you open the door, list them out. I think it does because the grass isn't going to always be greener on the other side. You know, Mm -hmm. try to think about the positives of the relationship. It's good to just even list them like you're saying. And that's going to boost some positivity in your brain. It's critical. Like I'm saying, this is such a critical thing to keep this overall relationship positive. Otherwise, it does start to tend towards a divorce. So number four is keep the relationship positive. What's the next tip? I want you to think of a conflict because it's a part of every relationship. So just think of something. Everybody has them. Mm -hmm. Now ask, do I approach the conflict with kindness? Do I speak the truth in love before and after the conflict? You know, we've done shows where you remind us of this, Dr. Linda. Couples have conflict, and some more than others. So I know you've said this over and over, but it's how you manage conflict and differences that make the difference. Yeah, I actually wrote a book on this called We Need to Talk, a whole book on conflict. I have a copy. That's right. So it involves respect. It's all Mm -hmm. about understanding and accepting differences, working out problems that you might or might not be able to solve. It's really how you do it. Mm -hmm. What if you are in a relationship and you fight a lot? Well, you probably need some help, um, maybe with a professional if it really is bad. But one of the key things here with conflict is that you have to know how to de-escalate it. That Mm -hmm. is the key thing. If I can say one thing about conflict is that people need to learn to calm down, to de-escalate fights so that they don't get out of hand. Because one of the things is when you fight, Chris, your brain is not engaged in a way that helps you think or listen. Mm. So you have to calm your body down in order to hear. That's the thing when you're mad about something, you don't want to hear what your adversary in this case has to say. So I can see why, like you said, take that step back and just consider what's going on here. Yeah, your brain will not engage in the thinking part if you don't do that. Mm -hmm. It it engages in the the fight or flight part. Yeah, yeah. All right, so tip number five, manage your conflicts when you are, that's the key word there, calm. And uh, Dr. Linda, at the risk of creating a conflict, we need to take a short break. Back with more on how to be the best partner on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits. Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, 
teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I love my mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain, a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find the book, Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect on social media. And of course, don't forget about our podcast on iTunes. Dr. Linda, I don't think I have a copy of Living Beyond Pain, do I? I don't know if you do or not. You're looking at what? you're looking at a shelf. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Do you have chronic pain? No, but I'd like well, a copy of that book. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize. I didn't think it was a felt need for you, but I'd like a signed I, copy, actually. Okay, or I can make that happen. <laughs> well, what we've been discussing so far is all about building an intimate friendship and then managing conflict. But there is so much more to becoming the best partner, isn't there? One of the things that we don't think about too often in this area is how often we share our dreams with another person mm. and then how congruent or you know together we are on our values. So here's a question. If I asked you, do you know the dreams that your spouse has? Mm. That's something yeah. that I don't think a lot of couples have actually talked about, although I know that this has come up periodically in our life, but I don't know how often looking at Norm now in the control area, how often we ask about our dreams and uh, where we want to go with things. I know what he values and what he likes, but I'm not so sure I know the dreams. So this is a good one. Well, if we don't ask, we won't know. That's right. right? (laughs) This, This is something that has to be discussed. And if you're a person of faith, because we believe God directs our steps and gives us the desires of our heart and moves us into his work as a couple, but I, I don't know how often, like you said, couples talk about this. Do you talk about that a lot? About our dreams, dreams and aspirations and, and things? Yeah. Uh, we probably should should more. I know that because most of us have hopes and dreams and goals and things that we aspire to in life. And so tip number six is support each other, support each other mm-hmm. in reaching those dreams. So first you have to know what they are. Right. But then the tip really to be the best partner is how can you support that other person in reaching those dreams? And Hopefully, your aspirations fit a biblical worldview. So, for example, if your dream is to become rich and famous, 
probably not exactly keeping with the values of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But now God may bless you with wealth and fame, but aspiring to that dream just to have stuff isn't really a value that we're probably going to espouse. But couples have to discern what it is that they're supposed to be doing, where God is directing them, and then everybody in the family should try to support that if it's consistent with the biblical perspective. I know it's important, but with the busyness of life, it's not easy to have those big picture conversations. And if you were to ask Sharon what her dreams are, she just wants to get through tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's true. (laughs) So that's part of it, is it's Mm -hmm. really pulling the other person out of this everyday, almost monotony sometimes, Mm -hmm. to get the bigger picture and to be aspiring to something and to be doing it together. So when you do have the conversation and you know the dreams and aspirations of your partner, don't sabotage them, but support them. I've heard other couples talk to other people, and one of the couple will say something about a dream or aspiration, and the other person had no idea. Mm. And these couples then are not sharing their heart with each other. So again, we're going to go back to this tip. If we want to have a better part, be a better partner, share your heart about your dreams. Dr. Linda, what about planning a life and having fun along the way? How, how important is that? Yeah, it has to do with shared meaning. This is how you and your partner build legacies and traditions and rituals. It's important to take an inventory to make sure you're spending your time doing the things that are important to your mutual development as a couple and as a family so that you can grow and you can reach the goals like we were talking about. This will include a spiritual life together as well. I think the most important legacy you can leave is a spiritual one, you know, a strong foundation for your family with all the meaningful traditions that come along with your family and of the faith. If you are a person of faith, you need to be spending time doing spiritual things, praying, reading your Bible, studying together, things that will help you grow as a couple, but also as a family. And then along with that, build in some fun memories, some special moments, time together doing fun. It's it's important to build memories and have moments where you can laugh as a family, look back at things. You know, I think of the time when, Norm, our our mopeds broke down in a Bahama storm, the time our son unplugged the Christmas tree at a major hotel during the lighting. (laughs) (laughs) So there's lots of moments of laughter and then lots of legacy moments at births, at weddings, even funerals where we gather and remember what's important. Those rituals are important. So tip number seven, reflect how you spend your time Are you both feeling content? If not, discuss what changes you would like to make. How about the role of trust and commitment? Those are the pillars of a great relationship, trust and commitment. When both of those are strong, Chris, they're going to influence your relationship in all kinds of positive ways. Trust is built slowly over time as a result of being mutually vulnerable and safe with each other. Speaking of being vulnerable and and admitting mistakes. Dr. Linda, I was going through the bookshelf here in the studio, and I do have a copy of Living Beyond Pain. there you go. And it's signed, too. (laughs) See, so it was such a memorable book for you. Right, apparently. Uh, You didn't even remember you had it. Maybe I should actually read it. (laughs) Well, let's get to the end here, Chris, on a few more tips. Be authentic, be transparent, be vulnerable with your partner, cherish your partner every day, say something, don't compare that person with a real or imagined person that doesn't go well. Remember that long-term relationships can be hard work and include times of joy. Most of us lead rather ordinary lives that would not make a reality TV series, but you know what? (laughs) It's all about love and cherishing another person every single day. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, and our engineer and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. 
In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.